0: Welcome to Education Honestly. I'm Shanna. And I'm Claire. We are recording this about a week out to Halloween, and this has brought up a few questions for us, specifically questions around social emotional learning with our students, how to create a supportive and fun environment for our students who may or may not be going trick-or-treating depending on where you are in Ontario, and just questions in general around how do we create something that's really special for our students, but also keep in mind our own uh health and mental wellness needs and perhaps we should add in a little bit of self-induced pressure oh what do you mean by that self-induced
1: pressure okay so if you you can look on social media and you'll say you don't have you'll see things but you don't have to be the pinterest teacher you don't have to be the tpt creating teacher you don't have to be all these things and guess what people that's true your classroom does not need to look perfect 100 percent of the time And And you don't need to be perfect 100% of the time. Oh, absolutely. And part of that is, so with a holiday or an event coming up, there's always, okay, there's not always, there is self-induced pressure to make these situations ideal for your student um, perfect.
0: Yeah. And you can say the same thing. I mean, right after Halloween comes Remembrance Day. I know colleagues who have spent, you know, forever, forever planning these you know, one and they are, they are truly amazing events. Absolutely. Whether it's Halloween remembrance day, et cetera, et cetera, but to what cost and are the kids really getting something out of it? So let's go with what, what would you want in your ideal world, Shanna, your students to get from their Halloween experience with you? So I always try to link
1: whatever upcoming holiday or event and into our learning. So if we're going to be writing, we're going to, you know, try to link that into a theme. Um, I'm trying to get my students to expand their sentence writing. So, you know, I'm going to be a monster. I'm going to be a monster for what? I'm going to be what kind of monster. I'm going to be a tall monster. I'm going to be a furry monster. I'm going to be a purple monster. Purple's cool. Let's go with purple. (laughs) That's not my personal thing at all. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to expand into that but then there's this and this is self-induced I occasionally go through the deep dive onto social media and Pinterest and I could be doing this this you know um currently we're looking at a door decorating competition and I had to to stop myself and go I this is an amazing looking door this is fantastic but would I wanted it to be student inclusive I wanted them to be participants of it and I wanted it to be something that wasn't going to take me uh, like I wasn't going to have to stay after school for a couple hours to create because, you know, it's great that we create things for students, but I wanted them to feel included and I wanted it to not make me anxiety
0: ridden at the end of it. So just to jump back a bit, talking about anxiety is I loved how you used the term I do a deep dive into pinterest so to me i'm i'm picturing you shanna sitting on your computer an hour and a half later still on pinterest looking through stuff now maybe an hour and a half might be a a bit of an exaggeration
1: but it's possible easily right so very easily
0: one of the things that i have learned over the years and and i i wish i could remember who shared this little trick with me but it works is to take your phone yeah Put on a fifteen-minute timer. So if you're on your computer, you've got your phone, and your timer's on for fifteen minutes. When the timer goes off, the Pinterest ends. Yes, and it's a really great way to practice a little bit of boundary setting for yourself. Yeah, and because and I love what you said also about exercising that self-compassion for yourself, right? Knowing that you don't have to be that big per that you know do everything make it awesome yeah you know make it the spectacular event but I get why we want to do that because we're worried about the social emotional needs of our students yeah we want to make it's not like we're doing
1: it for just us I mean but there is a reward factor to doing it there really is. well for our stuff there's no doubt in my mind about that but we want an experience for students in our current climate of you know um, there are places that there will be trick-or-treating in Ontario. Um, this. Halloween and there are places where there's not. And I live in a place where Halloween's not supposed to be happening. Well, Halloween's happening, but trick-or-treating is not supposed to be happening. So what does that look like? Well, how do we support our students from a school point with that not happening? So I want them to feel special. I want them to be, um, you know, feel that they've gotten their holiday because this feels like the only holiday that's a hundred percent kid centric.
0: I'm gonna say that's a lot of pressure you just put on yourself. Absolutely, I don't, and I don't even know if you've realized the pressure that you just put on yourself. You just said, "I want my students to have it have it special. I want my students to have this experience." But the reality is, we're not going to actually have that. So, yeah, it can it can, can we not can we possibly rephrase that that we want to create something that's special but different yes and also but I think to validate
1: I want it to be all these things but my wants doesn't mean it has to be over the top
0: but it's you're also the teacher that's your want yeah what do the kids need exactly so so here's my question Shannon what do you think in this current halloween situation the kids not going trick-or-treating need
1: well their basic needs are met regardless they're safe they've been fed uh, so that i am i think they need to have a like a recognition we are recognizing that they're gonna miss certain things that they're getting emotional support um throughout this for example, um, to support their changes in their expectations. Oh, about, yeah, validate feelings. Yeah, that's another thought I hadn't. Yeah. But so for my class to validate all their feelings and their concerns, we have a morning message. And my morning message, we change every day. And so we have been discussing um, that they're, they're sad that they don't get to go trick-or-treating. Yeah. We've been discussing that that's why, so they understand.
0: But I don't... I mean, it's not a, but it's an, and I think, yes. So number one, there has to be that emotional support. And that's, um, and for me, emotional support really is about exactly what you said, validating their feelings. I think it's also before even validating feelings, identifying feelings. Yeah. I don't, I would wonder how many, students out there can actually name how they're feeling? Would they I mean many will probably say sad, but is it just sad? Could it be confusion? Could it be disappointment? Frustrated, um you know, uh, there's a myriad of feelings and one thing i have learned especially in my time with in middle school is to never assume student feelings but to always ask them for those feelings and you know what i'll say you know i like the feelings wheel yeah. the feelings chart i like bringing those tools out mm-hmm. and using them as a resource and this is a perfect example right now of how and when to use those tools those last few days so when this uh recording airs this episode airs uh, it'll be the 29th and then we've got the 30th those are going to be really crucial days in the classroom they really are yeah because kids are going to be experiencing a myriad of feelings yes and we as educators are going to have to be supporting those students in that time absolutely so one of the things I actually
1: spoke to a parent yesterday, um, I think it was yesterday about the fact that we had been talking about why we were treating and the, how the students were feeling around that. And she said, was so thankful because it was supporting the message that they were getting, that they were saying at home, that we're not going because of safety and we love you and we want to be safe. And she felt that having the, conversation in two safe places at school and at home was really beneficial for her child and her child who doesn't always express himself was able to, um, I was able to, sorry, I'm laughing at Claire. She's bouncing around. She's just had an idea go through her head. I did just keep going. Okay. I'm holding the idea. She was, uh, it's funny. She's like, she might pee herself. Maybe I should talk really no. slowly. Anyways, she, the parent was really happy to have the supportive, open, safe conversation. And her son is still really disappointed, but he's accepting because it's coming from two safe adults and he's allowed to be disappointed and that's okay. All right, so go. Here's my
0: idea. So. Um, I can't remember uh, what episode number it is, but we talked about social stories, yes, and how a social story can be used to help students process feelings, situations, of complex uh, emotions. This seems like a really great time for a collective social story. So, you as That's a teacher a sitting down with the students writing your collective Halloween social feeling story. social stories, and then photo, and then th- in my mind right now, it's like, okay, we write one big story, yeah, then I type it up and I create you know, X number of booklets and then the kids add their own pictures of their own family to the social story and then they take them home. And maybe having
1: a a different page in there for my family is going to be doing one student. I know their family's doing Halloween treats in different rooms around the house. So they technically get to go trick or treating in their home.
0: Oh my God, that's amazing.
1: And then another student, they're doing like an Easter egg hunt in the backyard. Wow. With flashlights. So families are being really creative and they're trying to,
0: you know, make them bring the magic. Right. So, yeah, I think that would be an excellent page, but I think exactly what I'm really, Um, grabbing onto, from what you said, is the home-school connection. It's super important, I think. And this is yet another, you know, out of, you know, a very typical, sorry, typical, 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 a very new word, difficult situation, how we are finding the silver lining and how we are finding our best selves.
1: For those who are listening, um, we're adding in an editor's note here. Um, We had an entire section here about resilience and how we thought it could look and the way we were measuring it. And upon reflection, it wasn't actually towards our message. It wasn't what we were comfortable with. So we decided to make some edits. So there's a bit of jumping in the sound. But um, in order to keep our honest, honest perspective, we're telling you that we have cut some things out of this because it wasn't true to who we are as educators. You'll return to the show here where Claire and I are talking about how to support resilience. Enjoy. Okay. So then my question is how? Ooh, that's a good question. Support. Which looks like? It looks specific to needs because everybody needs support differently, but it could be talking through emotions, Mm -hmm. um, role-playing. Oh, great. Um, it could be, um, sharing, um, ideas among students or making, like creating something like maybe we still want to do our parade in our costume this year. And we just create a catwalk in our classroom. So we get to walk around and maybe we create a video and share it with parents. So what I really hear you saying is a walk off. Okay. Zoolander. (laughs) Okay, and our inner geek showing. I was just
0: gonna say, but you got that it was a Zoolander. I totally so, got that it was a I, Zoolander concept. Friends, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, no, no, we're totally get that. But so, but may, you know, building their resilience is giving them the skills to
0: adapt, overcome, and accept. Yeah, you're right. You know what? And I and I and I'm gonna take back the overcome. You're right. It's adapt and and accept. We yeah. can't change it. Yes. And they're allowed to feel what they're feeling.
1: Yes. You can be mad about this. I'm not particularly thrilled
0: about it. I eat my kids candy for Halloween. I'm not going to get that this year. But the trick or the concept, whichever word you want to use, when we're validating students' feelings, we're not making it about us. We're making it solely about their feelings. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. But I'm just saying I'm feeling that already. And as the adult role, imagine how big their emotions are inside right now. So
0: So, Halloween is a week away, but by this uh, airing, it'll be two days days away. What's your costume? oh I don't know I'll probably just do I oh I'm always a witch I bought
1: Halloween pajamas this year I'm going to wear them to
0: school oh, that's great I can be really comfortable and dressed up all the yeah. same time yeah I yeah that sounds great actually it would be a good pajama day too mm-hmm. anyway we could keep bantering about all the possibilities and go get sucked down that deep dive oh that deep dive of ideas so we're not gonna go night. there
1: Thanks so much for joining us on education. Honestly, don't forget you can find us through our social media of Facebook and Instagram and our website. Mm, Hopefully we'll be up by the time that you uh, get to this and we will link everything in the show notes
0: until next time.